friend from NBC Sports, joins us here on the AT&T Hotline. Hey, Pierre, it's Mike, Lou, and Christian Fourier today. How you doing? Mutt, great to visit with you. Lou, nice to talk to you. Christian, keep catching passes over the middle, man. Colorado <laughs> Buffaloes. Yeah, all right. I wore the right sweatshirt today. I actually got a, a Colorado Buffalo sweatshirt Pierre, going Pierre right can now. can break down guys and tell us where they played. He even knows Christian, Colorado. How about yeah, it? Yeah, there you go. Now we got to catch some balls. I'll be Tom Brady. You be Christian Fourier. There you go. I'll be me. I, I think I'd rather be Tom. <laughs> nah, you can be you. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about the Bruins being the Bruins, Pierre, with, uh, what, a couple weeks to go here in the regular season. You want to just come out and say right now? Now the Bruins are the best team in the NHL. Is that fair? I've been saying that on both sides of the border for the last two weeks, whether it be in Canada or the United States. They're the deepest team right now. Now, don't be disrespectful of St. Louis, and don't be disrespectful of Los Angeles. The L.A. Kings have won eight games in a row on the road, which is not an easy thing to do in this league, especially with all the travel they've had to put in at the end of a very long year. <clears throat> but I look at Boston, four lines deep. We've talked about it a lot. Nobody's got more goals scored in the third period than the Boston Bruins. Big reason why four-line depth. Yeah, I heard Christian talking about character and the ability to shut people down and their size and their grinding. All true. The other thing is the dominance of the third line. Chris Kelly moves from center to left wing. We talked about it when I was in the studio last week, man. You know, Chris Kelly moves over unselfishly. Carl Soderberg is elevating. You've seen that a lot now, his dominance with the puck. And Louis Erickson on most teams in this league is a first or second line player. This team is well built. They're built to last. They're going to be a bear to play against, no pun intended, in the playoffs. And they are a ton of fun to watch. You know, Pierre, I was saying last night, actually, I tweeted out, I know this is a big game. And I know this is an entertaining game. I'm looking forward to it. But one thing it lacks is the hatred. Because it's almost they re, it's like you respect the Blackhawks. And you feel like the Blackhawks respect the Bruins. They're, they're very similar. It's just two good teams, unlike maybe what you were close up to against Montreal, where there's a lot more hatred there Monday night. Well, yeah, no, it's built-in rivalry. There's no question. When it was a six-team league and train travel was prominent in Chicago and Boston were in the original six, there was a lot more hatred back in those days. Um, but that being said, I think once a, if they ever played in the Stanley Cup final, and that's a long way away for both teams, I think there'd be more pent-up animosity. We saw a little of that surface last year uh, in the Stanley Cup final, especially with the way Chicago went after Zdeno Chara. People forget that. But in the Stanley Cup final, Chara was not 100%, and a big reason why he wasn't 100%, Chicago's ability to chip, chase, and check on Chara. So the alliteration works with the C's, but that's what they did. And they attacked him, and they broke him down. And if you remember before game six, I asked Dano Char, I said, they think they have you hurt, do they? And his answer to me was one basically word, or two words, we'll see. Mm. So, yeah. I like it. Well, let's talk about Patrice Bergeron, right? It seems like he's just on fire. Six goals in the last five games, plus 38 for the year, 25 goals for the season. What's he doing different that's allowing him to score so often? Well, I think having Riley Smith and, and Brad Marchand really helps a lot, Christian. The other thing that's really impressive about him is face-off domination. I haven't seen him have too many bad face-off games. He's had a couple, but not too many. He's one of the best face-off players in the league. So when you have puck domination the way the Bruins get, and his ability to sneak in down low, you saw it on the first goal that Boston scored with him going to the net with a stick on the ice. And I always call the Bruins the long-range bombers because their defensemen, one through six, can shoot the puck about as well as any team in the league from the back end. So when you have forwards that can win face-offs, like Bergeron can, and then you have people going to the net like the way the Bruins do, and you have long-range bombers like they have in the back end, that's going to lead to a lot more goals for your team. Pierre McGuire, BC Sports, is joining us. You saw this team up close uh, on Monday against Montreal. The biggest thing we talked about coming out of that game, Pierre, was the style Montreal plays. And I was curious, 
Did you think they went out of their way to try to get the Bruins into uh, those penalties? Do you think the Patri- uh, the Bruins responded to that? And what did you think of the overall officiating in that game on Monday night? Uh, I thought for both teams the officiating was questionable. At the beginning, it was very questionable towards the Bruins. In fact, we showed one documented case of Riley Smith taking a high stick from Rene Bork that was never called. We showed that right on tape. Um, and Riley Smith was bleeding. Uh, that's unacceptable. That's off a face-off play. That's got to be called. And that would have been a four-minute power play for the Bruins. That being said, I thought it went both ways because I thought it fluctuated towards the Bruins' way in the third period in particular. The Canadians definitely had a formula to try to get the Bruins off their game a little bit and try to um, get them to take penalties. That, that was pretty apparent. And when they went down two men because of the injury to Dale Weiss and the injury to Travis Mullen, uh, that created a little bit more of an opportunity for guy. Brian Johnson played almost 27 minutes in that game. The last time he played that close to that many minutes was when he was in New Jersey moons ago. So it, it, there were more guys that were playing that could develop a little bit more of an edge against the Bruins and try to antagonize him a little bit, and I thought the Canadians did that. That being said, I hope you guys agree. That was a very well-played game by two really good teams. Yeah, and I think five-on-five, five, I think the Bruins did control the play. I think they coming did. out of that, a lot of people say, well, no, it's a regular season game, so I don't mind seeing Johnny Boychuk take P.K. Subban's head and shove it on the ice. Correct. But, so, but then you get to the playoff scenario and say, well, they'll have more discipline. I mean, there are times, too, that maybe they can get even more frustrated as the series goes on, or do you think that they will control that discipline and just grind down that Montreal team if they were to meet? I think that's the one teaching point you can take out of that game. And Pittsburgh has the same problem, by the way. It's not just Boston-centric. Pittsburgh has this very same problem whenever they play Philadelphia. I can tell you right now, Philadelphia, for whatever reason, knows how to get under the skin of the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they drive them crazy. And the Pittsburgh Penguins play out of character and take a lot of penalties. It's the same thing when Montreal plays Boston. For whatever reason, more times than not, they find a way to get under their skin. I think the teaching point that can come out of the game on Monday night, if you're Claude Julia and the staff, you show the tape, you show the retaliation, say we can't do this when we play these guys, and we really have to stick to it. The Bruins are a mature enough team. They have more than enough leadership. They're really well coached that they can overcome that, I believe, in a playoff series. All right, Pierre, so it's almost uh, award season. So there's three awards that I'm looking at that I think uh, the Bruins have a legitimate chance of winning. Right. Uh, Jack Adams, Vesna, and the President's Trophy. So instead of telling me what you think, who's going to win this, tell me why – Tuka Rass wouldn't win it. Why Chloe wouldn't win it, and why they wouldn't get the President's Trophy? Those are, those are really those are really good questions. They wouldn't win the President's Trophy because St. Louis finished the season really strong, and the Bruins didn't. And remember the injuries on the Bruins back end, while well, St. Louis is really uh, healthy. The next one, the Jack Adams, going to be problematic only because. Uh, a lot of people are looking at what Patrick Waugh has done in Colorado. A lot of people are looking at what John Cooper's done in Tampa. A lot of people are looking at what Mike Babcock has done in Detroit with all those injuries, just keeping the team in the playoff hunt. Um, so I think that would probably be why uh, Claude wouldn't win the Coach of the Year, just because of some of the jobs being done by uh, coaches that probably have lesser, perceived lesser teams anyways. And what was the third trophy? You did Vesna? Oh, you did Vesna. No, I didn't do the Vesna. Oh, Vesna, yeah. And for Tuca, I think he's got a legitimate chance to win it. The only way that could get derailed is Henrik Lundqvist down in New York, who a lot of, obviously gets a lot of New York votes, and, and he's extremely popular around the league. So I think that's somebody that people are watching. Um, but it's, I think, quite frankly, between Tuca and, and Henrik and Carey Price, there's a lot. But i got to think – 
that Tuca will win that. He's got a legitimate, legitimate chance to win that. I'll give you one more on this list, the Hart Trophy. Uh, yep. P- Christian mentioned Patrice Bergeron earlier. The job he's done defensively with the goal scoring on top, is he would be anywhere in your mix, Pierre, uh, Patrice Bergeron for the Hart in 2014. He's got, he's got legitimate opportunity to win that, but that being said, it's going to be tough because of what Jonathan Taves has done um, in Chicago, because of what Sidney Crosby's done in Pittsburgh because of what Alex Ovechkin's goal-scoring-wise has done in Washington. Let's remember what the heart is. It's the most valuable player in the league. So there are going to be a lot of players around the league that will be in contention for that. I think he's a lead pipe since to win the Salky Trophy, which is for the best defensive forward. He won it in 2012, and I think he'll win it again this year going away. Pierre, help me out. What's going on up in Pittsburgh? They've lost three straight, and there's a report, I believe, out of Pittsburgh where it was some of the veterans, and I don't know who they've talked to, but – feel that the guys that have won in the past, Stanley Cups, feel that this is this is a team that can't do that. What, what is going on? You hear anything like that? Oh, yeah, I, I talk to their people all the time, um, and I'll be doing a few of their games before the end of the season. Um, I, first of all, let's be fair to them. Everybody's talking about the injury situation in Detroit. They've been decimated by injury, whether it be at different times of the year. Uh, Pascal Dupuis gone for the year. Paul Martin, who's missed good portions of the year. Christopher Letang, who had a stroke. Uh, they just lost Evgeny Malkin for two to three weeks. Joe Vitale's been out. They've been absolutely crushed. Bo Bennett hasn't been there all year. He just did a three-game rehab. He's coming back to play for them. They've been absolutely wiped out by injury. Now, to, on the other side of it, um, they got swept by the Boston Bruins in the Eastern Conference Final last year with a team that was relatively healthy but had some question marks in goal. So the question going forward is how good can this team be when they're healthy? I think they can be good, but they're going to have to prove it. Uh, we can all think what we want until they prove it, and Christian knows this because he played for a coach who used to say it is what it is. Well, for the Pittsburgh Penguins, it is what it is. They haven't won a Stanley Cup or been in the final since 2009. Pierre, last one for me. Uh, Texter brought it up, and I'd be remiss if I didn't try to get this answer out of you. But during the the game Monday night, you you gave the Bruins a lot of credit. I I don't know if you exactly said they're not a team that dies, but I think you maybe said they're not a team that embellishes. Uh, Who are the teams are in the NHL that you think are the most guilty of embellishing? (laughs) Besides Montreal, because we all know Montreal's top of the list. Who are the other teams in your mind? You said that. They do? I've okay. Well, of course they do. They dive around <laughs> like crazy in Montreal, Pierre. I am not going down that road because I have to work between the benches. So I will stand. <laughs> I will only report on the teams that I don't think okay. dive. And that's one of the reasons why I don't think the Bruins get a lot of penalties because they're not a diving team. And, and you know what, you guys? I've been bullish on the Bruins for a long time, so I'm not a John Lee come lately. I've been so impressed with the leadership of the group, starting with Zidano and Patrice Bergeron, the le- leadership lessons they learned from Mark Recchi. Sean Thornton's another one that comes to mind. But the biggest thing to me is organizational standards. They have such high standards there, starting with Cam Neely and Peter Shirelli and Donnie Sweeney and Jimmy Benning and going down to the coaching staff. Players know you, you want to play in Boston. The fans know the players want to play in Boston. I'm just so impressed by the organizational standards of the team. So you don't have to answer, but I'll just – if you don't answer, we'll know what you mean. I'll say Montre- Montreal say it for him. is the most diving team in the NHL. He just- I will not answer that. <laughs> I come from Montreal. I think they're – got to admit this. The other night, their team played with a ton of character. Yeah, they did, but they it was also Subban doing what he does, getting under their skin. It was it was just – it was they, 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 they're smart. They get in the power play. They're not as good five on five, so they get. In, I just I, I dread a series with them, Pierre. But we'll mm. talk about that as we get oh, closer that'd be to great. it. Uh, we'll <laughs> let you go. We'll t- have a great weekend, and we'll talk to you next week.
Christian, Blue 55, let's go, baby. Hey, hot read, hot read. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome stuff. You take care of Lou and Mutt. Uh, Mike, Pierre. Better. There he is. Mike Pierre. Uh, Mike Pierre. Pierre McGuire. <laughs> Talking about Pierre McGuire joins us uh, here on the program. Pierre is brought to you by our friends at Norfolk Power Equipment and by uh, UMass Online. Okay, he couldn't answer it, but he probably 